0: Ospo is all about connection with your customers and your team. But what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules, and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by business slash restaurants. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode principle of hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded and a reliable online source of information and inspiration for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's show, today we have the pleasure of catching up with a guest who joined us previously in 2021 and has since experienced a lot of exciting developments in the hospitality industry. As the owner of Terror Twilight, a successful Melbourne cafe, he's been growing his business and expanding to new ventures since we've last talked. Today we'll discuss the growth of leaders within inside his venues, the opening of his latest cafe, Hi-Fi, the establishment of his new hospitality group called Yoke, and how he balances being a father of two young boys with his thriving career. Welcome back to the podcast, Kieran.
1: Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me back. I'm really grateful to be here.
0: Mate, I've been really I've been really excited about it. This podcast since you know we we sort of organised it a couple of weeks ago because. The podcast that we had in 2021 and that we actually recorded in Terra, like we got so much, you know, positive feedback from that on socials about you know, your story and, and people listening to that, and especially at that point. Obviously, you, you know, you've been in the hospitality and game for a long time and, and really doing some amazing venues. But since then, you've done so much. And especially with your, what I know, your style of leadership and how much you share about your personal life and how you blend that into hospital as well. Like it's a credit to you with everything you're doing, mate. Can you tell us a bit more since the last time we talked, like the growth of the leaders of Terra Twilight and and how that's contributed to the success. Maybe maybe remind people like all the venues you currently have before yeah, we get okay, started yeah, as good, well.
1: Good point to start. Yeah. So we have four, I uh, uh, will say five, four stores mm-hmm. plus a catering business. Yep. So in the last time we spoke, we were sitting in the cafe. Actually, at that point in time, it was just purely Terra Twilight. <laughs> Potentially, maybe six months after we recorded the podcast last time we opened hi-fi and hi-fi is sort of a two-for-one deal (laughs) we have a catering business uh territorial catering which we were doing on the tables that you and i record the podcast on Mm. and it just totally outgrew the cafe we just could not produce what we were trying to do Mm -hmm. within the cafe so coming out of covid or potentially we're still in COVID, coming out of COVID, we needed a space where we could produce the catering on mass and on scale. And the shop that we saw had a beautiful, you know, shot those shop windows that fold up and down. So I thought, look, the catering business is very sporadic work, you know, and it's not consistent uh, income. So let's put something at the front to help generate some form of – financial income <laughs> and keep everything afloat. And then Hi5 really, it was an idea, but then it really took on its own concepts and, mm. and, and style and everything. So we sort of designed two businesses in one. Crazily, <laughs> whilst doing that and building that, we would also sign the lease on the shop in Mooney Ponds, which mm-hmm. I think at the time we spoke about as well. Yep. So in the space of 18 months, we opened two slash three shops. So we now have Terra Hi-Fi convoy and my business partner's own Tinker in Northgood. Mm-hmm. it's part of our group now and then we've got the the catering business. So yeah, four to five shops we went from maybe 20 employees at Terra to now 120 employees. Wow. Yeah. <coughs> all within, you know, this is all within 18 months, I guess of or two 18 months, 2 years of when we spoke last. So some real like huge growth if you step back and looked back into what we're doing you're like wow that's that is huge yeah some really great learnings in there <laughs> some funny stories of opening convoy and the pressures and and stuff that comes with it, opening a new business also the same at at, at HiFi fi and, and with the catering stuff but really fun you know awesome people with uh, on board with us some great growth from individuals within our business yeah i'm on a personal level I'm really enjoying what I'm doing you know yeah and I love it I love it every day and showing up to work and being able to deliver what we do is is really fun
0: (laughs) yeah I love it and that's and that's obvious like your uh, personality is definitely infectious and it it really shows like in the venues that you're you're putting up in the Melbourne market like it's just like you're so personable and I think that really shows through the venues that you have
1: yeah and you know like i'm going to swear here but and i say it's like genuinely actually giving a fuck about the people that come in the door you know yeah
0: yeah.
1: and it's not really a hard thing to do and it's not hard to have some empathy and care about the people that are supporting you Mm. and supporting what you do as an owner or and previously as a manager if i'm not showing that well no one within our businesses are going to be able to show that either you know Mm. Um, and i like to think that 70% 70% of the time 80% of the time we get that right <laughs> yes. we're always learning but yeah it's you got to you got to love it and hospitality you, it's, it's a hard game you know you're showing up to look after people every day. Yeah, day you're being super vulnerable you're putting out a product that you think people are going to like or and they're going to criticise and judge you and yeah you got to you got to show up in a certain manner
0: how have you gone from 20 to 120 in the last two years successfully in probably arguably one of the hardest times, probably since, you know, the since early 2000s to really recruit people? How have you done that? Have you play, Have you used Terra as sort of the breeding ground for leadership and then pop those people into the other venues or have you just grown them with every venue that you've had?
1: I would say there's a couple of factors. Number two, I need to give full credit to my, my business partners, mm-hmm. um, Becky Moore and Ben Argentino. We wouldn't have been able to do what we've done without the groundwork of how we operate our businesses, like I guess financially, and the structures and the the number side of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's not my forte, but full credit to them that they have a system that you know helps us operate and manage our stores in a financial way that allows us to have growth and have that that quick growth. Yep. We also fortunately had nurtured a beautiful group of humans <laughs> at Terra Twilight that allowed us to expand and take on more work and more projects by purely just that, yeah, that growth factor that they had and that we created within that team, you know, six or four, three of those people, sorry, and now as our operations managers, mm. two of the chefs and one of the baristas is now operating convoy. So, yeah, so it's been a real little n- nesting pot of of amazing growth and and staff. So, yeah, it's very nice to see, mm. you know, and I'd like to think at the moment we're now cultivating, okay. so <laughs> if, it's a w- if that's the word, yep. the next set of leaders within our shops to then, you know, if, when we do uh, find another space that those, the people that are going to run that space are already working within our team. mm and it is challenging it's very challenging to find people who want to grow in hospitality at the moment. I think covid really knocked a l- or definitely really knocked a lot of people around. They either left the industry to choose to do, you know, uni or something else or they just got out of it altogether and they're never coming back, you know. Mm. Then there's obviously the international, you know, students and the pressures and uh, on them. So but fortunately for us we have a great core group and I think if you look after that core group and you nurture that core group you know you're growing future leaders within your within your shops yeah, and empowering sure. them too actually that's a big thing that we do like I guess I think we spoke about last time everyone has worked for that m- that owner that is just a a dictator a you know what I mean yeah. a dickhead, yeah. <laughs> yes. <A> dickhead dictator <laughs> yeah and that's one thing that we we don't want to don't want to be you know it's easy for me just to come in and tell you do it this way and, and that's it but We did this exercise in a staff meeting the other day where I was like, look, I want to hear what are three things that we do really well and what are three things we don't. Mm. And as an owner, it was beautiful just to sit back and just hear the message that was coming from the staff and and getting real-time feedback about how they feel about the shops. Obviously, I'm biased because it's (laughs) it's our shops and that kind of stuff. But I don't know how many people really do that and really get that feedback from from their employees mm. because they're on the ground, they're doing the work. I'm, I'm no longer working within the stores and I can't, you know, see all those things. So we need to listen and really empower our leaders and managers to be able to give us as much feedback and, you know, growth mm. as possible.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. Are you doing anything different than you were sort of when you first set up? Terra in, re- in regards to recruitment and retention of staff, like are you offering different incentives or or anything like that.
1: I would say at the moment we are improving our recruitment process. Yeah. Because the biggest thing I've become aware of now with hundred and uh, with four shops is recruitment is very expensive. Yep. You know, it's not it's expensive. It's time consuming, and if you put the wrong person in that position, it can be very detrimental to what you're doing.
0: Mm.
1: You can also waste a lot of time. What we are implementing at the moment is a more of a stricter recruitment policy whereas we're trying to vet out the person from the jump and we're not just taking them on face value. That there's a couple of hoops to get through to, to be able to work with us, you know? Yep. Yep. Because I think we were maybe too too we'd let people in too easily you know mm-hmm. and then you'd find out three to four weeks down the track that they're just not the right person sure but yeah and, and it's it's such a hard <laughs> as you know it's such a hard game to find people mm. you know people's requests and demands as a and from what they think that you know they're going to get out of the position and what we offer is sometimes doesn't match so there's a load of stuff but yeah we we definitely are definitely going through oh, actually i'll let you know so we we do a two-hour or three-hour trial to start. Okay. If that well after an interview, if that person is then capable enough within that short trial period, we invite them back on a weekend because we want them to see the business at its capacity, at its busiest time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We want to watch them, and as I like to say, once again with that feedback thing, you have a look at the way we operate. You know, are you going to enjoy working in this environment, and can you see what we're trying to do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we check the references and if everything works out, they're on board, you know what I mean? Now, that that is a longer process and sometimes people get through sort of stage one, they're like, okay, well, I'm out, you know, I just really need a job. Right. It's hard and it's going to make our recruitment harder, but the theory being that we're going to get the right people on board. I think it's, I went for a job years and years back with Andrew McConnell Mm. and he had a super strict policy of recruitment but when you go to his venues I think it shows yes I never thought it 10 to 15 years ago when I did it but now when I go there I'm like okay I get it I understand why want to say it's working (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree i think
0: that mentality works and 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 some venues that even we work with like they do trials and some don't like it really just depends i think it i think it's very venue specific, and brand specific. but i remember uh when i was working with a guy called uh frank wilden which i think a, a lot of people would know uh from the industry he would say to me you know hire slowly and then fire let go people quickly yeah, so so really let them go through that process, let them really understand like look underneath the bonnet, like understand the engine of the business. And then if they're not working out quickly once they're in, like let them go for their own benefit, do that respectfully, but make sure that they're not disrupting the business and and they get an opportunity to move forward and do something else as well. So I think I think that's always like the best way to yeah. to do recruitment. That's like, right.
1: Get that's the right people on the bus and then find them the right seat. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you know that's a great like way to put it. Yeah. And and my biggest th- thought processes at the moment is and I think we were chatting before we started recording like what are we offering for when that person comes in every cafe in Melbourne is hiring at the moment Mm. what are we going to do when that person comes on board that they're like oh I really want to work for these guys you know we then train you you know it's like where do you want to go do you are you just a student who's here two days a week you just want to come in and do your stuff okay great you know, we need you to tick off these parameters or mm. are you a bit of a hospitality lifer? Do you want to make a career out of this? Okay, great. Well, there's this whole set of stuff here that we can offer you and and give you from a growth point of view. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think you need to have that when as you grow. you We really want to get, as I just said, the right people on the bus and find the right space for them, you know. Mm. That's definitely something that I've done, back to your original question, differently from when we first opened Terra, it was just like, "Yep, come in at work, cool. I need to do this." Yeah, you seem <laughs> like, to be right. Like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you do that. Oh, but I can't do that. And you'd be like, "Oh, well, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> now my thought process is totally different. Like, two day a weeker, no problem. What do you want? Monday Sunday, great. Mm. Come in. This is for you. Let's create that environment where you're comfortable. Yep. Because then, as you said, it shows in the service. They care. They're getting what it's. It's an exchange. They're getting what they want, and I'm getting what yeah. we need as a
0: business. Just m- mutual respect and hospitality. Right? Absolutely.
1: It's hospitality. <laughs> Absolutely, And the game's changed. Like it's not like when I started. it's like if you don't work five days, four doubles, and you don't do sixty hours, what's wrong with you? You know, mm. that is gone. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Those days do not exist anymore. You know. Yeah. And for You sure. have to. You have to switch your mind to to make the thing and the younger generation these days they don't want that either Mm. that I think that original that what I was just speaking about they want that two three days they want to do them
0: yeah it's a real flip isn't it it's super interesting (laughs) total back yeah it's really interesting yeah I really want to talk about the catering side of the business. Yeah. I remember last time we talked, obviously, that was starting to kick off and, you know, talking about <laughs> your, your everything from the tables we did the podcast from. But when you did Hi-Fi, I thought, I thought that would be the first of many that you would do because yep. I know what you do with brand and, and, and how you would extrapolate that into mm. more venues. But it seems like you sort of use that as obviously an amazing sandwich venue, but, but also a catering kitchen. Yes. Like... What are your thoughts on now that you're deep, more deep embedded in successful catering? Like, you, do you want it to do more more hi-fi bars, uh, sandwich bars, and then put catering elements in them? Or what are you sort of thinking in the grass?
1: No, no. So, great question because I guess we've realised, like, okay, we've sort of built this little sandwich brand. Like, you know, it's got a cool little emblem and the logo and it sort of works. And you could literally put that little thing anywhere mm. and, it, you know, and uh, as a takeout or as a sort of sit-in, dining in venue. Yep. Down the road, yeah, I'd love to obviously roll out more of them and, but it's finding the right space and where that is and it is a saturated market. So as we do in most of our stuff, what are we doing? How are we trying to be different? And if we are to do another high fi well, what does that look like? I definitely would love to do it because it's easily replicated model The catering part, we've put a load of... In the last six months, we've put a load of work into it. My role predominantly now is all the catering. I do all the deliveries. (laughs) I try and keep it personal as possible that people, if you're having trouble with your order, that you get to speak to me. Interesting. And I'll talk you through the process. The idea that I had in the cafe where it's super friendly, I'm trying to get that into a catering model. So... Yeah, we definitely want to grow that. It. It's growing like r- really, really well. People love it because it's fresh. We don't, most caterers from the feedback that we have is that you can sort of taste that your food's made 24 hours before, or mm. it's been kept in a fridge. We pride ourselves on fresh to order. You order, you know, 24 hours before in the morning, we make your breakfast, we deliver it, we come back to the shop, we make your lunch, and then we deliver it again. A little bit more costly, you're paying a little bit more. But what you're getting and the feedback that we get back from our clients is that the product is fresh, it's healthy, you know, it's vibrant, and we like to change it up. Mm. You know, we're always growing. We're obviously cafe operators, so there's a load of ideas and, and new dishes coming on board. So, yeah, and we're seeing a load of repeat business, which is great. Just clients a lot of four. Times a week, sometimes. Wow. Predominantly, all our business has been photo shoots. It's quite grown really funny. Like we did one or two really? shoots. There's little studios around everywhere in Collingwood, and by word of mouth, with no marketing or anything, that is just grown organically. So we oh <laughs> we would do predominantly most of you know Melbourne's photography studios and, and shoots, and some team uh, sorry film and t- uh, TV sorry. Uh, now we're trying to get more into that corporate market. And there's a little of work we're doing there in the background. But it's a forever evolving thing, updating the website. we just done a new menu, shooting, you know, your packaging, making sure it's recyclable, yeah. you know, because that's a big thing at the moment. And, yeah, and keeping it as personable as possible. I am mm. I love it. Everyone thinks I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your way of
0: connecting to customers, I would imagine. It is. In a different way, right? Yeah. yeah. And
1: it also, you know, in one way it promotes... The cafe. Yeah, because, of course. You know? Yeah. And actually I love too, sometimes people are like, We love your cafe. Yes. We just found out you do catering, you know. So I had got off a call before I came in here. And they were like super excited. So it's so nice to have that, you know, to go in and chat to the client. Set it, we set it all up for them too, everything's done, so
0: I noticed that when I had bakeries in my early twenties and started to do started to do wholesale and the fact that I would get I actually got more retail business because I was doing more wholesale. Yeah. Because people in the pubs or wherever I was supplying to mm. would go, where's that bread from? Like that bread's actually really good. And they'll say, oh, it's from this bakery around here. And then I would get people. Like,
1: it's weird how it sort of cross-pollinates. It does, yeah. It all, all things. People are like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's you. Ah, oh, right. So, mm. yeah, it, um, I really enjoy it. We've got a van. You know, it's, it's really starting to become its own its own thing. And yeah, that, right. That literally went from one or two jobs a month potentially to, well, this week I think we've done an order every day and then some weeks where, well, yesterday actually we did seven to eight jobs. God. Yeah, so, you know, you're like dispersing it, it uh, at morning, everything out. Yep. Come back, you know, there would be some from 10, 11, 12, you're out and you're done. So wow, good time to listen to podcasts. <laughs> Subscribe and listen. Yeah, that's,
0: thank you very much. I should do that. And I should actually, say that myself. I need to
1: give you a compliment. Last time when we spoke, you said, and I was chatting about, that I was worried that when I'd step away from the business, whether Terra Twilight, that being, whether it would continue to be as successful as it was. And you said to me, when you left your bakeries, you found that they got busier. Yes. Exactly the same. Thank you. Interesting. <laughs> when I stepped away from Terra Twilight and um, Sean and Emma, our head chef and uh, venue manager at the time took over, we just saw exponential growth. Like, mm. you know, not only was the cafe is its busiest, but we produced some of the best uh, figures we ever have, you know. Mm. So interestingly, you know. It's funny, isn't it, when you yeah. take that leap. Yeah, and yeah. learning to let go and just yeah. letting, trusting the people that you've hired mm. to do what they do with your guidance, you mm. know. Yeah. Thank you for that. That's right. Thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> I was unsure when you told me the time and then when you invited me back in, I was like, yeah. oh, i got to r- compliment him on. <laughs> Thanks, mate.
0: Do you think of, this is a bit of a tactical question, but do you think of menu development for the catering business any differently than you do for the cafes?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because you're giving food that you don't know. I, obviously, when you order in the cafe, I take your order, put it in the system. We make it, you eat it. When I deliver it, it's got to be, our, I, you mightn't touch it for an hour. You mm. mightn't touch it for two hours. Mm. You might want to refrigerate that product and eat it four hours later. So, for instance, we do these little brekkie boxes. I think I've eaten a thousand of them, but <laughs> I'm almost like to the chef, can you make me one, put in the fridge, mm. and I'm going to eat it tomorrow and see what it's like.
0: Mm.
1: Or can you make that for me and I'll, I'll eat it, you know, in, in a certain scenario. I think you need to because being once again cafe operators we want to know that the product that we're putting out there is holds up you know so that that's definitely a, a big factor in there mm. we probably one of our biggest sellers is avocado toast boxes you know yeah right you leave that out for a couple of hours and and it goes so yeah how can we how can the avocado be as fresh as possible that it's you know within three hours it's still going to look and taste mm. as it should you know
0: do you th- do you think now you've been so successful in the catering part that you would do anything like events, like the next level on that where you're serving at those kind of things as well or you don't want to go into that at the I moment? I think
1: the biggest thing for me, I'm very, I'd say yes to anything. <laughs> <laughs> See how it goes. But I'm learning that you've got to stay within your stay within your lane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We've done one or two of those things where people wanted it of an evening. But if we sat back and thought about what is it that we do, we are breakfast and lunch specialists, and that's our thing, you know. Mm. And the brand is built on Terra Twilight, and Terra Twilight's a cafe. So, at this point, we're just going to stay with with what we do and what we do really well. Mm. And there's you know there's a load of other people out there that can offer that. Yep, it's hard to knock back that business and say no. Yes, our products will hold up if you wanted to have an early evening stuff, but at the moment, purely breakfast and lunch. Okay let's talk about convoy.
0: what did you cuz that was obviously not trading when last time we spoke. yeah. what did you learn from tra- did you transfer the culture that you had at terra twilight and put that into convoy or was it something that you sort of built from the ground up and and allowed that to evolve in its own sort of culture format because obviously it's in Muni ponds an amazing another amazing part of melbourne which is growing and and but very different to collingwood. totally. Uh, so how did you how did you go about building that culture in convoy?
1: we so we took Three, three of the staff from Terra Twilight into Convoy. I was very headstrong on. Okay, this is the culture. This is the way we do things. Mm. Probably to my, to our, maybe to the detriment. But in saying that, we are eight months in at Convoy, and it has the best culture, team retention, (laughs) and crew of all the other stores. At the start, it was a nightmare. We could not find anyone. I think Becky, Ben and myself worked. Well, Ben had been building the place because he built pretty much the the cafe. Mm -hmm. So he'd been working, I want to say, almost two years straight and then had to, once it opened, help us on the floor. (sighs) So we couldn't find managers or anything. It was that really hard time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, So we were all in there. And I guess maybe being in there myself, it was made it. Uh, alongside Becky and Ben made it easier for us to implement that culture that we wanted but I think once again it's just getting the right people in the shop and once we did start to get the right people on board and once they it's a beast of a it's 140 seats there and it's a beast of a place the biggest thing that we implemented there which we do on a smaller scale at Territualet is like the systems and procedures from a service point of view Mm -hmm. That embedded very quickly. And it's still to this day, They, as I was just chatting about that meeting we had the other day. Yeah, yeah. majority of the feedback from the 10 people, I think, that was in that meeting all commented on the service and the culture of that business. Wow. You can plant that seed and it's organically going to grow. And as long as the right people are in there and they buy into that system, it takes on its own sort of thing. Mm. We were really fortunate to get two key leaders in there that helped champion that that idea you know and even from a kitchen side Mm. but to start with it was a nightmare (laughs) we didn't have enough chefs we hired a chef the head chef he got COVID. we (laughs) opened with half a team we ran out of food one day we had to shut early oh my god we were getting inundated with people we were just grossly underestimated what was going to come through the door i think we yeah we worked three months straight pretty much open to close. Yeah, and it was a nightmare. Our executive chef now, who was the head chef at the time, tried to quit, I think, six times. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking around Ke- Queen's Park with him being like, well, it's okay, we're going to get out of it. You know, it's just we just don't have the the right people with us or we just don't have the people. Right. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, we have a new operations team in place now and Sean, who runs the, the four cafes, she hasn't spent a lot of time there and she went in there the other day and she said to me, that's the best team we have, you know. Mm. And that's what took, what took us probably four years at Territory Light, took eight months at Convoy, you know, to really, to this today, to work. I think it's just about having the right people and having a system and something that everyone believes in, you know. Have you changed as a, how have you changed as a leader? Like, obviously,
0: Open Terror would have been a lot different from your standpoint. Obviously, you're working extremely hard in Convoy because, you know, of the staffing situation. Mm. But how have you changed as a leader from those two venues if we look at them just in situ?
1: In the last six months, I would say I've had a vast change in the leadership. I can't... Once you grow to this level, you cannot do everything, you know? And everything can't be like you want it to be. Mm. Potentially... Oh, well actually I was a control freak I'd want the salt and peppers this way I'd want that there and, da, 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 and why isn't that you just gotta say fuck I can't do that <laughs> like, I cannot I cannot watch everything I cannot control everything what I can do is guide people and help fix things with the knowledge base that I have yep my the biggest to answer your question the biggest thing that I've learned and changed is that I've just gotta let go and I've got to empower the people that we employ because obviously you're employing them for a reason yep. and allow them to do what you're asking them to do and have the ability to make mistakes and then help correct those mistakes which in then helps with their growth, you know. Because you, at, at this level, you cannot be over everything. Yep. It's, it's impossible, you know. And uh, even as, a, as business owners and the three of us, together realizing whose strengths and weaknesses is and backing in each business partner and then also backing in that operations team that we have in place and then that lower venue manager team you know part of me at terror would just want a, re- a response straight away yeah whereas now it's like okay well I have to wait for that response you know I have to have the right information fed back when it's appropriate <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean 100% so, yeah yeah, massive learning for me on a personal level in the last six months. Throw two children into the mix, you know. Yeah, hugely letting go. Mm. You know, I'm probably a way more relaxed person than I was prior to convoy opening. But in doing, in stepping back too, you have a better vision and the ability to look at this the businesses from the outside yeah because if you're always involved in all of them you're to, You're in the weeds you can't you can't plan for the future you can't continue to evolve that shop when you're always knuckled down on potentially meaningless things that someone else could manage for you yeah you know what I mean that's been the biggest thing for me you know and then knowing okay well I just really want to grow this catering thing so trust those other people that are around me, mm. that the shop will run. Mm. I still have a big influence on the food side because I just love it. I, Dale, our executive chef, I love working with him and creating new stuff, but also like throwing ideas out to each kitchen and seeing what comes back. Mm. And they come up with some absolute banging dishes. <laughs> it's fun. Get to eat a lot of food. Actually, that's that's changed <laughs> as well. I've got, to, I've got to slow down. I'm getting. I'm over forty now. So. Does it come off as
0: I feel you? (laughs) Oh dear, forty-two, and I'm feeling it. I want to talk about your family and your and your boys in a second, but before that, like you used the word control freak. Mm. I often think there's sometimes a line in the sand moment which makes people change behavior. Yep. And I think when you use that term control freak, I think a lot of the listeners would have seen them heard themselves in that moment, right? Yeah. In control a lot of hospitality leaders have that as part of their MO. Was there a line in the sand moment that stopped you or slowed you down from being a control freak or was there other things that you built around yourself to sort of slowly make you relax in your words Mm. and and sort of think about the business in a different way?
1: There was a a big moment, yeah, that that really made me change my thought process, you know. Okay. I I think... Feedback from my business partners and and, and this conversation I had with my brother that made me really just totally change my thought process. You know, Mm -hmm. still rings true with me today. And in all transparency, I have a business coach outside of outside of you know my work, Mm -hmm. and that has also helped hugely with helping me change my thought process and the way that I deal with the day to day runnings of not only my business but my family and my life in general that has really helped me shift, you know, my focus and, and where, where you only have a certain bandwidth, you know. <laughs> There's only – you could think of 120 people. That's a lot of people. You,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: If you bunker down and try and get involved in all those things, it's, you're gone. Like I needed just to free myself from everything and un, uh, almost unattached. To be able to go, okay, well, where is my energy best served? Now, that's not saying that I just sit back and don't do anything. Like mm. I probably am, am more in control now than I was prior. But it's a different level of control. Mm. You know? and it's a different level of trust and empowerment that, as I said, I think is really enjoyable. And the key people that I work with day to day... I'd like to speak on their behalf that they really enjoy that as well. You know, being able to say, "Sean, you're in control now of four cafes." You know, like I'm here to support you and mm. let's guide you through it. Like that's that's such a nice thing to be able to do. You know, yeah. And then watch that person flourish and grow. Same with Dale. Like you got four kitchens, four chefs, like, four head chefs to work with. Let's go. Let's create some amazing stuff. Mm. Same with Jackson, who looks after all our beverage and stuff. Coffee, you know, cocktails. Mm. There definitely was a, a, a moment where I just, like, i got to change. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it's been great. And you only get there through trial and error. You know, like, every day we're probably getting something wrong, you know, or there's a better process or a better system to make things operate in a better manner, mm. on a personal level, and on a business level, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's hard. It was hard, very hard at the time, but today is like just good, fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah.
0: As we've said, you know, being uh, uh, throughout this podcast, being the father of two young boys and balancing a successful career in hospitality can be really challenging, right? Can you give us some insight in how you navigate this and? And what advice would you give to other parents who are sort of in your position in the hospitality industry where they're, they're balancing these two things and trying to make sure it's as successful as possible?
1: It's challenging, you know? Mm. and It's not only, I guess, the two children, it's my wife plays a huge part in it, you mm. know, and I'm not only showing up for the boys, I have to be the husband and, and father and person at home. I'm not perfect at it, you know, but it's your, I'm Kieran at, at the cafes, but then, when I come home and walk through that door, I'm, I'm dad, mm. and <laughs> Levi and Hugo don't give a fuck about what, <laughs> yes. what's happening in the cafe. No, and, and, and yeah, they just want to play and and be free and want me to be very present and and uh, and be there with them. And it's a challenge, you know, like to every day <laughs> it throws you a different set of uh, challenges, but it's super enjoyable, you know. And uh, yeah, learning on your feet. I think just because my Monday to Friday is so full on sometimes Mm. of a weekend, sometimes I find just doing nothing but just laying on the floor, hanging out with the guys and, you know, they're only two and five at the moment. So just enjoying their time and being silly and, you know, playing games and trying to detach as much as possible from what's happening in the work life Mm. and being present. It does feel sometimes like you're, you're going from one job to your next one, you know? Yeah. I come home, there's the whole night routine, there's the feeding or picking them up from daycare. Mm. And actually back to your other question prior, what was the biggest sort of line in the sand? Well, I used to be able to just go to work in the morning and leave whenever I want. Well, now I can't get to work before nine, 9.30. And some days I've got to leave by three. Mm. So, I've only got this very short window of time to be able to do the stuff that I, I need to do. And uh, that was also a massive challenge because I'm like, okay, I've got to get home and yeah. I've got this work to do and other kids. And, you know, it's like, it's like get off the computer and what do you do? So, almost at the moment, I n- if an evening I don't try, I try not to touch any work stuff. Like, mm. work is work. Mm hmm home is home and home I need to be present and and therefore the children Mm. Uh, yeah it's definitely challenging (laughs) (laughs) but it almost like
0: in a way it almost sounds like having Hugo and Levi has it's obviously made you definitely a different hospitality leader but has made you more relaxed it has yeah which is super interesting because if you (laughs) go to like I can be at the cafe anytime I want like, obviously I have to talk to my wife about it, but like I, I can be there much, much more. But to this window of 10 to 3, which you're, you have to be much more focused on on point, I imagine much more productive, work through your leaders in a different way because then you have to be present there for your sons. It's quite interesting how with less time, you've become more relaxed, where right. a lot of people would be the opposite.
1: Yeah, well, and you become more patient too because the biggest thing is you're dealing with, when dealing with when you're dealing with children, you have to be obviously. They just want to do whatever they want, yes. you know what I mean? and you're yeah. trying. It's like herding cats. Like, <laughs> you know, they're going in one direction, and they're changing their mind, and they're doing this. And I guess I think the biggest thing I took away too is like maybe like a bit of a child mindset, a bit of more of a playful mindset. When you're at work, it's like. It, it made it easier to deal with sort of humans I guess you know what I mean and see people from a different point of view mm. it's also like there's different once you've been in a stressful environment whereas having children and you know sleepless nights can be very stressful that hey is what's going on at this the cafe like if I'm super invested in this like how actually stressful is it all is it yeah. worth all this angst and
0: yeah does it matter that much does it matter yeah mm.
1: like do I need to let it matter to me as much? Yeah, they've. Yeah, you spot on. Like they've actually made me a bit a real different person, you know, and and probably yeah a lot more relaxed. And it, also, like you can't solve all their problems for them. No. you know, you've <laughs> yes. got to listen to them. And it's I guess that's the same thing I've done sort of to do at work. Like I can't solve all these things. You need to allow that person to to grow and make those mistakes. That's actually the biggest one. You you, you don't do that on the bike, you've fallen over. Mm. Okay, well, you've learned from that. You won't do it again. Same Mm. in the cafe, like, okay, you made a mistake. Don't do that. Or this is the way we fix it. This is the way we prefer you do it next time. Same sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Almost at home, you know. So, yeah, spot on. It definitely changed my perception on life. You think they don't drink baby chinos, which is... Really? Yeah, can you believe it? I've got two oh, kids. Oh, my God. Dad's a cafe owner. <laughs> you don't drink baby chinos. What's wrong with you? Yeah. They love smoothies. Oh, okay. They go into the cafe and there used to be uh, someone who worked for us, Jordan, and Jordan was the only one that could make them their smoothies. And they let me do it now, which is quite funny. <laughs>
0: that's hard. At, least you got, at least you got them getting smoothies, so it's good. Correct, yeah, yeah. Do you think in regards with your hospitality leaders that you've got underneath you running your running your cafes and your ventures do you think they've seen this evolution of kieran i'll call it into a a, an even better boss and even more relaxed boss do you think they're going to move to that sort of mo as well for themselves and in turn you'll create a hospitality culture which is even better and even higher performing but in a even more relaxed environment and and more ingrained in sort of their own personal life as well as hospital?
1: Yeah, short answer, yes. It's something we're really working on. You know, we're trying to create uh, an hospitality group at the moment, Yoke Hospitality. And within Yoke Hospitality, we want to create a culture and structure that filters through all our businesses, you know. Obviously, all the businesses offer something different. They're all still independent of themselves. But we really... And back to what we spoke about at the start of the podcast is when you're recruiting, you want to bring people into a, a growth culture. It's going to attract people.'re mm. going to st- long, keeping people long term is also something that I really think about lately. like mm. how, do we, how do we nurture and care and grow people for long term? Yep. You know, yep. not just six months or mm. two years, three years. What does that look like? What are we doing? So it's a really big focus and something we're sort of working on at the moment to create within the oak that uh, allows us to yeah continue. Because I don't just we don't just want to get to a point where okay you've got great operations managers and then no one ever evolves under them. That's yeah yeah I don't think that's fun. Mm. I wouldn't find it fun. Mm. And then what happens if one of them leave? Like you yep, you screwed. Mm. Yeah, we're really, really putting a lot of thought behind that, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then and the group that we have are also very keen on that, you know. So, yeah. Something that I really value, massive value.
0: Yeah, I can tell. Mm. Um, my last question to you is, what kind of mark are you trying to leave on the hospitality industry? What kind of legacy are you trying to leave?
1: Oh, what a great question. I just want to be known for... When you come to one of our cafes that you have a an experience that is lasting you know that you walk out of there and i think i said this to you the last time we had a podcast there's a thousand cafes in melbourne what does yoke hospitality do different in their businesses that makes you want to come back Mm -hmm. and leaves an impression in your mind that shit? i love what those guys do you know i want to be part of what they're doing or i want to support what they're doing and I'd love, to, on a personal level, I'd love to be seen as an industry leader. You know, I've, funnily enough, after I listened to the podcast that we did last time, I probably never really sat back and thought about the past and the work and the level of work and commitment that I've given to the industry. Interesting. It's like, fuck, I've done a lot. Like, I've been doing <laughs> this for 25 years, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm currently the owner of four businesses. Like, that's pretty crazy. Mm. I never would have thought that I would have gotten here. mm so I'd like to be down the, down the line known as an, an industry leader in the field that whatever I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing. Mm. Do you know what's going to make you feel like an industry leader? Potentially I already am. I don't
0: know. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so, right? But like I'm, I'm curious what, what, everyone, uh, what everyone sort of thinks as being a thought leader or being an industry leader or like is that, do you think you're looking for more panel discussions or, or things like that or more podcasts because you could do all those things really well.
1: Yeah, I guess once you start to gather a knowledge base, you know, and you become potentially well confident in what you're doing mm. and then you're happy to put that message out there, yeah. yeah, I would say, yeah, it'd be nice to have those discussions because, once again, I've spent a lot of time within this industry and I've yep. seen some really um, – some different styles and different methods of doing things and work with – load of different people and now I'm at a point where it's nice to discuss that with people you know it's something that really excites me and, and you know as we've spoken about with our staff within our businesses feedback and and other people's knowledge is is uh, invaluable you know mm. so yeah put me on a panel
0: <laughs> Mate, I'm
1: excited well I just
0: think you know you go from you've gone from 20. To 120, and I sort of think that's your natural next evolution for someone of your career and your your stature, and like your your personality just fits it. Like I can just see you impacting so many more people in our industry and in such a positive way. So I'm just excited to see what the next evolution of what you want to do is.
1: Yeah, it's good to bring an energy to it. I think some people can get very put off by hospitality, or they can get really absorbed in it, and yeah. Like Almost, you can almost take yourself too seriously. Yes, you know? yes. At the end of the day, sometimes when things get hectic, you just say, hey, we're just selling coffee and eggs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not recreating the wheel and we're not, I'm not Elon Musk, I'm not sending bloody people to Mars. Yeah, yep. We're just doing it and let's just, let's have fun doing it. Mm. Yeah.
0: My final question to you is like, what what is the plan for for Yoke? Obviously, you've got you know two to three sort of uh, banging cafes. You've got yep. a hi-fi. you You've got a catering business, which is killing it. Yep. Are you going to do more high Are you You're going to do more cafes? What's in uh, the tea leaves for you guys? Uh,
1: currently, at the moment, there's n- uh, nothing in the pipeworks. I think because within our four shops, we are creating a hospitality company mm-hmm. that would be our big focus at the moment and growing our uh, our catering business mm-hmm. to more of a regular you know, day-to-day thing because catering, is I'm finding, is quite sporadic at times. Right. There is the temptation for hi-fi. As we said originally, it's a very, you know, uh, replicable brand where you could pop it anywhere. There's talk of, you know, a wine bar currently or potentially another cafe. But that cafe needs to fit our sort of model. A lot of our places are, you know, Mooney Ponds, big corner space, mm. Terrace Twilight. Corner space, lighting, you know, atmosphere, feel. I don't. And if we do do another cafe, it's got to have a hook. You know, what is it that they're doing different? Mm. I just want a cookie cutter method. That you know. But yeah, there's. I'd say in the next twelve months, we'll see. You'll see some form of something. Okay.
0: (laughs) Do you like the suburbanness of what you do? Like, would you ever go CBD or do anything like that?
1: Do you think? The biggest thing I've realized. Is how different each little area is. Mm, Like we're in Collingwood now. I'm a reek of Collingwood. (laughs) Whether I like it or not, like I just love that space. But when you go out to Mooney Pond, it's just a different feel. The expectation is different, you know, the culture out there is different. So the biggest I guess thing to learn is like, okay, if we do go into the C B D, what is it? What is the model and what is the thing that fits in there that the CBD needs or, or wants mm. or mm. gives back? Same thing with like South Yarra or over the water there. Like what is that expectation in there and what does that look like? Those things are exciting. They're a little bit scary, you know, but yeah, we, we love a challenge. So, you know, or is it more suburban sort of Mooney Ponds Way, Reservoir, all that mm. area out there? The suburban stuff does, th- does throw me, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: How it's different co- is you mate? It is, yeah. yeah
1: Collingwood's yeah. a different beast. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the people and like, not what you can get away with, but what you can put out there and, and people get on. and mm. Yeah. But there's only so many spots in Collingwood. Isn't there? <laughs> you can't
0: own the whole strip. No. As, as we're <laughs> learning, even with development uh, that's happening at the moment, like it's just uh,
1: it's there's, great. A, there's yeah. a lot. Good luck getting a park. Oh. It's so hard even parking here at
0: Worksmith. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: know. I just want to give a shout out to the Yarra Valley Council I'm supporting with parking fines at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, they won't give us a a permit. for What? No. We own two businesses. We pay rates. They will not give us a car parking permit. Oh, my God. If you're a councillor listening. (laughs) Please do a permit. Help me out. (laughs) But, yeah. No. Yeah, some exciting stuff. And I think... Probably what you take away the the most exciting f- thing for me is is the growth of the people within our business, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to create a culture that that people really want to come work for us and stay with us, and and we can support and help them grow within this industry.
0: Yeah. Love it, mate. Well done on everything you're doing. Thank you. What's the best way that people can find out everything you're doing with Yoke Hospitality is the best way to sort of through the websites and, and that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, follow us on socials. All our cafes are on Instagram. It's probably the best way and the mm-hmm. most uh, relevant information is on them uh, and that'll take you through to all the websites. Mm-hmm. If you need catering, you can order it at www.terratwilight.com.au. Follow all the links to the catering website there order and pay and we'll deliver it to you within 24 hours
0: sweet yeah as always linked up in the show notes of this podcast as well as our conversation in 2021 if you haven't listened to that before have a listen to that and you'll uh you'll hear the evolution of kieran hey kieran <laughs> thanks so much for your time man no, i really appreciate
1: it thank you thank you for having me back on I really appreciate it thanks
0: man <laughs> Thanks again for tuning to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that one. As always, please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. This is obviously an industry podcast, so we need you to share along so we can keep doing what we're doing. Until next time, stay well, everyone. HOSPO is all about connection with your customers and your team but what if your tools could also connect? That's where Square comes in. Square for restaurants connects your front of house to your back of house, your team to their schedules and connects new revenue streams with your marketing to reach new customers. Whether you have one location or many, Square has everything your business needs to connect your vision to reality. Learn more by visiting square.com slash restaurants.